everybody, this is John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and of course, it's what you tune in for, the riddles of human nature. On this episode, <laughs> mom and I review Borat subsequent movie film. That's right. The time has finally come. Borat, subsequent movie film. It's happening, people. Let's bring Mom in now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I'm doing very good. Uh, I've got my cat back. I thought I'd give everybody a soupy update. Yes, I saw that he was out and about. He's out and about now. Regular listeners may recall that, uh, but I'll catch you up in case you don't remember, that uh, my cat Soupy had to get like a radioiodine treatment where they give him this radioactive stuff and uh, to treat his uh, thyroid condition. And uh, it's pretty low impact for the cat, except that the cat is then radioactive afterward. Um, So we had to quarantine him for two weeks. And you may recall that um, the argument was whether I would make a home for him in the basement bathroom or whether he would live in the master bedroom for a couple of weeks. (laughs) And Anna and I would sleep elsewhere in the house. Um, Well, Anna won uh, that argument. As it happened, we did not rent out an Airbnb and move out of the house altogether. (laughs) (laughs) We were kicked out of the bedroom for two weeks. Um, So I just want everybody to know that Soupy seemed to very much enjoy having his own little apartment um, in, in the house. Uh, Who wouldn't? Yeah, Soupy's pad. But uh, when once the door was opened, he was pleased to have his own his whole territory back to himself. So Soupy's doing great. And I lost the argument. That's the update. I wonder, you know, if if you, at the beginning of a marriage, if somebody were keeping track, I wonder how many <laughs> arguments a husband would actually win, actually. <laughs> well, she was right on this one, I have to admit. Uh, you know, I was, look, we've been living in the COVID era, so anytime there's any notion of this person could be hazardous to your health, I'm just right. like, lock them away and throw away right. the key. Right? Yeah, yeah. But after Anna and I talked about it, I went over and looked over the documentation that they gave me more carefully, and it seemed like it. it's not like your whole room was going to be radioactive after this or right. anything. So it seemed pretty safe. Um, and and I was willing to sleep in the guest room for two weeks. Anna slept on the couch, so uh, mm. tip of the cap to her. Really? Yeah. But that's yeah. how, yeah. So I, I guess I didn't deserve to win this one. Well, it's good that that you were open-minded. You know, some partners are not always. Okay, so well, let me. Here's my real question. <laughs> yeah. Here. Can he spin a web? Soupy. Isn't... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, Isn't that what? He how wasn't. Soup, how Spider Man started. Yeah, he wasn't bitten by a radioactive spider, but uh, oh, what could okay. a radioactive cat? do what powers would a uh, superhero cat have i don't know i think their superpowers are already there <laughs> you know claws that can scratch the bee jesus out of you yeah. and uh yeah i think soupy would like the superpower to sleep even harder than he already does so i think that would be a superpower <laughs> look at that cat sleep wow unbelievable I'll tell, you, I'll tell you who's an impressive sleeper is my sister Oh, she, she can sit down and drop out just like within two minutes, gone, <laughs> just gone. 
deep and long. And then she wakes up just like uh, merry little sunshine. She's she's amazing. You know, I, I sometimes wake up grumpy. Huh. Yeah. You know that. You're not too you bad, know that. Though. Well, no. I've seen but worse you know in our feeling. family. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right. Well, let's don't alienate everyone right in the first All 10 right. minutes. All right. Um, hey, I've got some uh, mailbag. I got some mailbag feedback from the listeners. Uh, first one I wanted to share with you, although I know you've already seen this because I forward the feedback immediately. Um, this one comes from Jennifer T., a longtime listener, a familiar presence in the uh, inbox. She says very nice things about the show. Uh, and she mentions, though, that um, she has decided to stop saying balls when she means to imply courage or something mm. like that. And she uses guts instead. And she gently suggested that you consider... Um, substituting guts for balls i guess on a in the millionaire episode who did you who did you say that someone needed balls or had balls do you remember even what, what the where this came from no okay i i did when i read the email but i don't remember now. <laughs> okay so jennifer says because balls are parts exclusive to men you can use guts for a, a sort of gender neutral courage what do you what do you make of that well, I, I do see her point, and she made reference to other things that, that do come up in some people's conversations. One word that I do find uh, that I don't use or, yeah. or don't. Yeah, she well. mentioned that some people use a five-letter word that begins with P to right. imply a lack of courage. They use a part or a word for a part uh, that belongs to women to imply a lack of courage, and she sort of drew a parallel there. Uh, right, right. And I do, I do understand. Now, I'm going to tell you that when I was in seventh grade English class, I had a teacher that used the term intestinal fortitude. So I sort of like, <laughs> like that. Point. Yeah. Um, and, and I think she has a point, though, about elevating your uh, speech. Mm -hmm. I, I think given the uh, leadership in the United States today, it would be refreshing for us to all elevate our way of speaking to, to not only make it more colorful, but more civilized. I yeah. think maybe that, yeah, that would good be. Point. Yeah. Yes, I'm with you. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, these words have sort of slipped out of my speech over time. I was never, you know, I think this has come before. I try not to be too coarse in my right. language, except, you know, right. I pick my moments, let's say. Um, so I haven't said balls in a long time. I was interested, I was interested in the uh, sort of synchronicity of this because this week balls came up in the uh, sort of corporate business side of my life. Oh. Um, because I was working with an executive who likes to use the phrase balls to the wall. And mm. someone suggested to him that he uh, not use that phrase anymore for the same reason. Um, and he protested, well, it doesn't even mean like uh, physical balls. The phrase apparently comes from uh, pilots. And when you push, you know, they have those sticks with the balls right. on them, right? And when they push them all the way, that's balls to the wall, apparently. It's just pushing the throttle all the way. 
Um, well, I that's didn't, not how we perceive it, though. Uh, exactly what I said. But <laughs> so I said to him, I don't care. We need to stop saying that um, and come up. You know, um, another word that I use instead of balls, I started using uh, brass. People seem to like that, which is a little bit of a cheat because the balls is implied. Right. But right. I say like, um, oh, does she have the brass to get that done or whatever? I feel like it that word brass, I just like the tone of it. It seems to convey yeah. what I'm getting at, but it still might be a bit not great. Guts is good. Well, I have to say, I don't immediately uh, think of another word attached to brass. It just would mean, uh, again intestinal fortitude yeah. you know what is your what is your uh, motivation what is your goal it's all kind of wrapped up into that one word so i do like brass and i don't but i don't maybe someone else would need to attach that other word to it to make it complete for them but i do think it is a time for us to be more thoughtful in our words because i think sometimes these um slang phrases that we use are hurtful. Yeah, sometimes quite often intentionally so in our uh, well, yes. current environment. Uh, here's another uh, item from the mailbag, also from the Millionaire episode. This really got people headed to their uh, email Yikes. clients. This is from Jeffrey M., another longtime listener um, who we love. Uh, Jeffrey writes, he's writing in defense of Joel McHale, who I think I spent most of my contribution to the Millionaire <laughs> Review complaining about um, about Joel McHale, just to my eyes, being a real jerk on Millionaire. And I just wanted right. to give the other side of the, of the coin since we had an eloquent response. And here's what Jeffrey has to say. I'm a big fan of Joel's, mainly because I'm a huge fan of community, which makes me think that he's a much more sincere person than his persona would usually suggest. To me, his obnoxiousness is, in air quotes, a sort of subversion of aggressive masculinity. I'll concede that it can be a fine line between making fun of that and leaning right into it, but it works for me more often than not. Also, it looked to me like Jimmy Kimmel was having fun with him, even though he was thrown for a bit of a loop. In conclusion, I'm looking forward to the Borat episode, Jeffrey says. Well, Jeffrey, we're making your dream come true this week, so let me say that. Um, community fans love this guy and mm. maybe get the joke better than I do, so I just wanted to toss that out there. Joel McHale might not be the worst person in the world, okay? I'll admit it. Thank you, Jeffrey. <laughs> what do you make of that, Mom? Uh... Well, he rubs me the wrong way, but I, you know, Joel, everybody... not Jeffrey, right? Joel, yeah, yeah, not, no, no. Joel does rub me the wrong way because he, he, you know, here's my take on it. Mm. I think he's a B-list um, <laughs> celebrity. I'm sorry, you know, should we be honest or not? Yeah, I no, a, I love it. I think he's a B-list uh, celebrity that comes to the game, and he knows he's a B-list celebrity and he's going to get the the joke in before you do mm, yeah that uh, that's sort of the insecurity that i got from him yes and, uh, yes i agree with but there's uh, there's many ways many ways to read the enigma that is joel McHale. so uh jeffrey just provided us another one thanks for writing and, in hey i yeah. say it at the end of every show we love to hear from you and here's evidence we loved these two emails thank you that's for writing right. in that's right. And and really, how lovely that you took the time to defend somebody that you like. Yeah, I, right? 
Yes. I like that. Yes. Me too. Yeah. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you, Jennifer. Um, Mom, you told me earlier you were thinking of uh, Graham, your uh, your late mother, my grandmother. Right. Well, yeah. What's and, the deal? But Well, you know, here is something that I've been really wrestling with, and this is a little serious, but um, um, but then we'll follow it up with New York. So, uh, so okay. just stay okay. tuned through <laughs> this little part. When my mother was passing, she was in a... I don't know what it was. It wasn't a hospital, but it was like that. And she had she had decided this was it. She was done. And I mm-hmm. sort of understand where she was. And I respected that for her. You know, maybe not my choice, but this was her choice. She was done. She was, what, 92. Her heart was going. And she pretty much done everything she wanted to do. So she was content to be at the end. Now, my mother was raised Catholic and more or less defined herself as Catholic through most of her life. But at some point, maybe when she was 70, she started to question the whole um, organization and decided that while she believed in certain things, she would not be a supporter of the church Hmm. um, anymore. And that was her decision. Um, So when she was passing, the the woman that ran this, this, um, I don't know, like a rehab facility, maybe, came to me in the hall, and she said, she put her hand on my arm, and she said, you know, your mom told me that she didn't believe in God, and I went in, and I had a talk with her, and I think we both felt much better at the end of it. And I thought, okay. <clears throat> lady, you know, if you if you think I give a rat's ass what you did, um, blah, 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 blah. And I, and I left it, and I left. My mother yeah. was in a sort of a coma at this point. But the more I think about it, the more irritated it makes me that I wasn't in a better state of mind to say to her, what right do you have to go in there and do that? That's not your job. Hmm. And I'm furious about it now. Well, I understand why it would make you angry. Uh, It's, it's, you're, she's coming in for, you know, to make a cameo at the end of this person's life. And uh, she's viewing herself as uh, she's trying to make a huge impact, really. Yeah. Um, I I don't want you to be angry about it, though, because, you know, it didn't affect anything. No, it didn't. But I guess. I guess I. I feel like it was an injustice to my mother yeah you know i i really do look at life excuse me as a circle that you start out as a baby and needing everyone else's help and you sort of end up that same way you Mm -hmm. sort of end up back in the same spot but all that in between counts for something and who was this woman to come in and and negate 
what my mother had with thought come to be her yeah reasoning her, her belief her view of the world her view of the world right and she came at that through 90 years plus of world experience and this lady has like a 10 minute chat and thinks right okay and i think we both feel better those are the words that echo in my mind i think we both feel better well i really think only you feel better and well you just i'm use... sure graham felt better to have her out of the room finally <laughs> Right? Can't you just can't you just see my mother oh my saying yeah. rolling her eyes and yeah. yeah yeah Graham I you know I'll just let people in like uh, to make a long story short Graham is not the type for a uh, sick bed conversion uh, no she was not going to turn on a dime in her beliefs let me say I'm just, I can't believe at seventy she reconsidered uh, you know that's that's testament yes. to her um, but. Not set in her ways, but stubborn, I would call her, right? Yeah. yeah. Sure of what she knew. She, she What she knew, she was sure yeah. of. That's right. Whether it was right or wrong. Why are you thinking of this right now, do you think? I think I feel like I, that as soon as it occurred to me that I thought this was something wrong, that others shouldn't be subjected to this woman's narcissism in that her belief was the belief. I mean, you know, what if, what if my mother was Buddhist or, mm. uh, you know, something else that, that maybe in her muddled mind she had forgotten. I mean, I just felt, I felt like this woman took advantage of her yeah. and I, and I'm angry about that. Yeah. Um, we gotta, we gotta let it go, though, right? Well, maybe I can now that I've put it out there for yeah. <laughs> everybody. Yeah. To, but well, I definitely it's... sympathize, and um, here's what I would all say um, as someone not as wise as you, not as much life experience, but, you know, you talk about that circle, and I think that um, not only is it a circle for the person experiencing it, but now you are serving that parent role at the very end, right? Like, you're taking care of, and you were very involved in taking care of um, your mother who had been laying low and was you know, an infant again in your formulation, right? Right. Um, needing that care. And... Uh, and I didn't do a make, good job. No, well, that's what I was... That's what I was... Uh, yes, that was the sentiment I, I was going to get at. But that's not yeah. the case. You know that, right? Mm, I feel like, uh, you know, it isn't... I, I do feel like I didn't do a good job because I should have... I should have uh, fought for her belief in her stead, and I didn't do that. Well, it's easy to say now when you have the benefit of perspective and you have all the time in the world and you're not stressed by the imminent loss of your mother. Um, I think you did a pretty good job, Mom. Well, I... I I don't. It wouldn't have made any difference to her, to Graham, right? 
Yeah, I guess not. I guess not. But maybe I should have got that woman fired. <laughs> hey, I know, I know the feeling. Um, let me share a story, if I may. I don't know if I've told this story before. Um, but the uh, Graham died in 2017. And um, I remember getting that last phone call from her as I was driving home from the uh, from work at the TV show. 2017 uh. was the year of the AV Club TV show, which I've never worked harder in my life. And every every day, like I don't know how I lived through it. It was such crazy uh, crazy work. And, um, you know, we were a couple months into it and I get this phone call driving home exhausted one day. And I remember it was a dark, rainy night and I'm shouting to Graham on my car's crummy, you know, cell phone microphone or what I don't even yeah. know. Right. I'm just sort of yelling into the void at my grandmother <clears throat> as it dawns on me that this is the last conversation we'll ever have. And, um, that was, that was tough and, um, that was tough. And I was, it was just a difficult year for me. And not long after that moment where I, I that was really one of the pits of my exhaustion and <clears throat> the, the show creatively was going well, but in terms of support from, the company, the Onion, um, the uh, the network, it was tough going. I'll say, I'll say that um, almost non-existent support from the Onion, who was supposed to be like this was supposed to be their show. They were putting on right, right. Um, a couple of weeks after that, we have a um, meeting with the CEO of The Onion comes in, a couple guys from the network come in, they've done this focus group on a particular episode of the show and they have all this data because this is how these people think from the focus group and um, the focus group really ended up not mattering. We had like a day and a half of meetings where basically the CEO of The Onion was just looking for opportunities to take shots at me right? Um, because he was a small man and um, it reaches a point where... I just stood up and said, I'm going to go for a walk. And when I come back, we're going to have a different conversation. And I like, it was like an out of body experience because I, as I was standing up, I'm just like, huh, what is happening now? Why am I doing this? Like, and I'm walking mm -hmm. out, I walked out of the conference room and I'm walking across the office. And as I'm walking across the office, I just was overcome by the urge to, fucking kill this guy um i just i filled with murder and i'd later realized like oh me getting up and walking out was some part of me saying this isn't gonna go well we need to get like let's get out of here before you wreck something because my right. instinct was my base instinct was kill this person my next more reasoned instinct was you've got a lot of people who are depending on you. You've got a staff, mm. you've got like, you can't, you can't just quit. You can't just throw a tantrum because you're responsible for all these other people's right. livelihoods right. right now. So my instinct was protect the show for 
years, I mean, still it happens from time to time, but especially in the months um, after the show ended, I would get worked up in the shower in the morning just envisioning all the different things I should have yelled at him and how I should have pulled out those two different budgets and said, this guy's been lying to you. I don't want to hear about not good, like all the ranting and all because I felt like I didn't stick up for myself. Yeah. But you know what, mom, I did the right thing at the time. I protected my people and I just focused on what was best for all of us, this group. And what you did, I know, because I talked to you so often then and always do, really. Yeah. I know you did right by Graham. And I know you said the right things when the things needed to be said, even though it feels so awful now that you didn't put this person in their place. That wasn't your job. And your job was to take care of your mother as she um, entered her twilight. And you did that. Hmm. Well, I'm going to have to think about that. That's really, um, I, I, I hear that you get it. Um, and I do need to look at it from a different perspective. You have to have some sympathy for that person who was there in the moment. Yeah. You, I mean, you know, right. Yes, I know it. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Uh, I don't know if we have any time left in the podcast to talk about anything else. I know, but I, maybe maybe somebody else will will hear that and 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 uh, it will help them. Maybe we don't have enough sympathy for our past selves. I really think. Yes, I think that's true. That's true because our therapist frequently says, "Not not yours and my therapist, but <laughs> yeah. my therapist frequently says, what would you say to little.'" Bonnie or little so and something, you know, when you're having a, 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 a struggle and it, it's her way of, of telling you, go easy on yourself yeah. here. And that is good advice. We are sometimes very hard on ourselves. Um, All right. Now, listen, I'm going to yeah. change the tone very abruptly right here because I want to know. I mean, I, I love our memories of New York, and I sometimes do share one or two with you. But, you know, my one of my favorite is is getting on the subway or the train, whatever you called it, and the mariachi band got on, and you looked up, and I looked up, and I was like, ooh, look at this. And you looked up and said, ugh, and went back to your phone. Um, but yeah. yesterday, yesterday I saw a a little clip of a guy in the subway dressed as a mouse dragging a costume piece of pizza up the subway steps. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't see that, but I, I imagine he was probably dressed as a rat. And he, oh, a rat. Right? Yeah, pizza he had a rat. big long tail. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I have looked at that like four times now. It is absolutely hilarious to me, and it is to me the epitome of New York because there's some guy coming down the stairs, and he hops over the railing so as not to interfere with this rat coming up the stairs. You have to look it up. It's on my Twitter feed, so you have to look at it and, and tell me if you think it's funny. 
Okay. Can I look at it right now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking it up. It's on your Twitter. Yes. Oh, I got it here. <laughs> Whoa, not an easy railing either. No. <laughs> In the subway. Oh, my God. Oh, is that not hilarious? Doesn't that just scream New York? You'd never see that in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, well, you, I don't know that you'd see the guy dressed up as Pizza Rat, but you'd definitely never see someone climbing up the railing. But that, I love the parallel you draw with the mariachi band because, like, I do feel like in New York, there's this unspoken ethos of just give everybody their own space. Because everybody is so densely packed, there is a culture of, <laughs> you know what, you're doing your business, I'm just gonna yeah. stay out of your way and you stay out of mine. <laughs> That's the basis of my reaction to the mariachi band is, like, 99% of the people on that train just want to go about their day and get home or get where they're going or whatever. <laughs> and that's considered like the sacred right of a New Yorker to just go about your day without being bothered. But of course, the mariachi bands are there to target the yous on the train, right? Like the tourists and the people who are yeah. from there. So the pizza rat thing is of a piece with that. It's a great connection. Yeah. So uh, mom's Twitter is... Uh, Moxie N-H, M-O-X-I-E-N-H. Uh, and yes, you can find her retweet of this <laughs> pizza rat video. You know, the guy stops only for a second. The guy coming down the stairs just yeah. stops for a moment to consider. Assesses it, yep. Yeah, this... Should I try to go around? Yeah. Nope. And just gonna, well, the train's there too, so he doesn't have time to. <laughs> go up and back down again so <laughs> not to mention what is this guy doing what is pizza yeah. Rat doing? yeah that doesn't he doesn't even <laughs> stop to think about that no he doesn't want to know he doesn't care he just wants to get on the yeah. train it's good yeah it's it's done oh, I thought that, that was, was a hilarious. good palate cleanser i love it yeah a very good palate cleanser uh on our way to the long-awaited discussion <laughs> <laughs> of Borat 2. You ready, Mom? Yeah. All right. This week, Mom and I are talking about Borat, subsequent movie film. It has somehow been 14 years since the buffoonish Kazakh journalist Borat Sagdaev made his theatrical debut in the comedy film Borat Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. For comedian Sasha Baron Cohen, who created and portrays the character, Borat is a mask that disarms his interview subjects and tricks them into revealing themselves more than they might like with his apparent lack of guile and an impossible-to-pin-down foreignness. Last month, Amazon released the, released the surprise follow-up film. In the sequel, Borat returns to America, this time with his supposedly 15-year-old daughter, played by Maria Bakalova. He's on a quest to gift said daughter to U.S. Vice President Mike Pence, and along the way, he inevitably confronts the tribalism that has transformed American culture in the new millennium. Here's a clip from a scene in which Borat is stuck in COVID lockdown with two citizens from rural Washington state who welcome him <laughs> into their home. <laughs> How long must we be stuck in here? Well, don't know for sure till this COVID-19 thing passes. What is more dangerous, this uh, virus or the Democrat? 
Democrats. Democrats. I think with the Democrats, with Obama, and I think it goes back to the Clintons when they were also in office. This uh, Clinton, they make this plague? Yes. Yes. Mm, oh, nice. Clintons are very evil. Extremely evil. Supposedly they torture these kids. It gets their adrenaline flowing in their body. Mm-hmm. Then they take that out of their adren- adrenal glands, yeah. and then they drink their blood or that, that out of their... I've heard about things like yeah. that. Hillary Clinton drink the uh, blood of children? That's what we've heard. Yeah. I've heard. It's, it's been said. Borat's subsequent movie film is available on Amazon Prime Video. <coughs> Mom, was the new Borat very nice? No. I did not watch the first Borat because Dad talked in Borat for about eh, three months. And I was so sick of Borat and his stupid voice. So I never saw the first one. Okay. Now, Which Dad worshipped, right? Oh, Dad. oh. Honest to God, give him an opportunity to talk in that language and uh, oy vey. That's all I can say. Uh, so I came to this fresh. Mm. Now, But you knew who Borat is, was, right? I did. Oh, yeah. my gosh, yes. Of course. <laughs> I was practically living with him. How could I not? Um, and this is a... This, for me, was it was a, an instance of timing is everything because when we were first going to talk about this, I was all on board except for one scene um, that this was very funny and let's uh, embarrass. Uh, probably everyone has already heard or seen the scene with Rudy Giuliani and savored it like a French wine, uh, his embarrassment. and But, you know, real life sometimes takes over. <laughs> and it far surpasses, unbelievably, anything you can see on the screen. I was so involved in this movie when I watched it because I was so full of rage and hate. And I find that now that a few weeks have passed, and we have a new president coming on board that I hope will make the United States a, a, a kinder uh, place. This movie uh, doesn't resonate with me at all now. Hmm. So you, if we had recorded this, um, you know, a month ago, yes. you might have given it a thumbs up. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> exactly. I did enjoy the, the uh, times when it shows you how judgy we are of each other. We're not really a pretty nation sometimes. And I, and I, this was a, a scene that uh, when they go to a debutante ball, uh, Borat's daughter, who is, who was amazing in this movie. She was really, yeah. uh, uh, a bright, bright, bright star in this. Uh, but they go to a debutante ball and she acts very inappropriately to say the least, uh, Yeah, to say the least. And one of the scenes is unfortunately seared in my brain um, <laughs> that uh, I it, it, it defies describing and uh, it's disgusting and gross and I'll probably remember it for the rest of my life. But it was interesting to watch the other debutantes watch her 
in her inappropriateness that some of them laughed, some of them sort of turned their nose up, and it really was a microcosm of people as a whole, I think. What do you mean by that? Well, I think if I mean, you go into... A, a microcosm of people and that anybody would be disgusted by... Uh... No. Oh, are you going to say no. it? <laughs> I, I won't spoil it for people, but... But I think if you go to a school, if you go to a workplace, there's always going to be one of these there. There's always going to be somebody that just laughs and, and gets in on it, and some people that have to feel the need to... Do you know what I'm saying? So you're a microcosm in terms of the range of reactions to that Correct. debutante yes. ball stunt. Yes. Yeah. And as as to who we are, you know, would you be a laugher? Uh, would you be uh, disgusted? Would you? Would you? Mm. You know. Well, that's what I think. What here's what stuck with me though from it is um, these two guys in Washington that take Borat into their home. Now, I don't know what the setup of this was. It was not as, I assure you, it was not as cut and dry as it appears in the film where he basically walks up and says, can I stay with you? Yeah. Um, you know, there was some more involved behind the scenes maneuvering, but the guys seem authentic. Um, and what really struck me was, you know, yeah, they the highlight real moment, um, and I played it in the clip, is Borat saying, what's more dangerous, COVID or Democrats? And these two guys immediately agree, oh, the Democrats, the Democrats. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're meanwhile telling Borat that all the stuff he thinks is like a crazy conspiracy theory, which it is. Like all the stuff Borat claims to believe right. is crazy, right. but... <laughs> He draws that, so the movie illustrates that contrast and sort of makes fun of the guys in that way. But I think it also has sympathy for them because, A, they're really eager to help him, right? Like, they want to reconnect him with his daughter. And they're so, I find them adorably earnest in their eagerness to, like, make this happen for this guy who a few days ago was a complete stranger. And I was really struck, Mom, by a moment after they're talking about the Democrats and, you know, how awful they are and how Hillary Clinton, maybe she drank children's blood. I saw that somewhere, all this crazy stuff. But then the one guy says, well, they got all the same rights as we do. And I was just like, wow, this guy is like, these guys are so steeped in the QAnon stuff. They seem so far gone, but he's still sitting there saying, what are you going to do? They've got the same rights as we do. Yeah. And I just felt like I was really heartened by it. Um, And I think that the movie, I think Sasha Baron Cohen uh, presents some more complex pictures than the first blush trailer clips might uh, show you because... There's some fundamental Americanness to me coming out underneath all that. When that guy says we have all the same rights, that really gives me hope because these guys seem like wackos and yet still they're not willing to say, well, they're less than us, which right. seems to be the the underlying <clears throat> premise of yes. all of this craziness, right? Yes. So it's a, it's a little bit of cognitive dissonance, but... Um, Maybe I was ready to hear it because, you know, I've been talking about it on the podcast lately, Mom. It's come up in our conversations like some of the Trumpies are nice people. They've right. like, it's got to be true because there's so many people who voted for him still, even though we lost this time. You know, so many people who voted for him. Some of them are decent people um, who have been poisoned. I think a lot of them. 
and they've they've lost perspective and I'm not saying they're babes in the woods or anything like that. I'm not feeling sorry for them, but um I admired that the movie presented a complex view of these guys and made them both um, buffoonish and crazy and nonsensical in the things they believed, but also showed that like they have heart and they care about other people in their own way. Um, it gave me hope as the long and short of it. Well, I like that. I like that perspective a lot. Um, when the election was first over, I thought, well, where do we go from here? But, you know, as the temperatures cool, I see we're all just people. If my neighbor came over and needed something, I would be more than happy to right. help in some way. And um, that just got heightened uh, uh, a lot to a to a, an unreasonable level. And now I think we're all taking a deep breath. Now I don't know how people that were you know what what are we what do i think about these people that just marched in washington well i'm not too sure about them but i have to say for me i i'm not vested in that anymore i'm just looking forward and letting all the nice feelings come back through my body and enjoying that i don't think you're the only one and you know what? The news media is going to continue to show us the extremists mm. on either side and the people who are angry and who are fighting because that's their lifeblood. Um, I'm not going to get too deep into the news media here, but we're going to keep seeing that stuff. But I also I feel like maybe we're a little tired of fighting with each other yeah. all the time. And having Definitely. everything, even whether we're going to expel germs to each other and get each other sick being a tribal choice. I feel a little tribal fatigue. Yeah. Not with everybody. I recognize, right? There's, there's right. going to be the, um, the lifers in anything, but uh, I do think there's been a shift and I hope it continues. We have to do our best to, to push it along. And you right. talking about your neighbor, I think that's the right, that's the right attitude. As far as our fellow citizens, um, I'd love for us to find a way to talk to each other again. Well, and we can't even do that. COVID is standing in the way yeah, of that. I mean, that's you true. know, it's just it's just very difficult. Um, so you have to just send out good vibes when you leave your house. Well put, well put. So I find Borat to be a little uh, more new. I love it. I think it. I was blown away by it. I did not expect um, to love it because, you know, I thought the first Borat was great, but I was just like, what more can you can you do? Yeah. I thought he did more with it, and I thought that Sasha Baron Cohen has grown and matured. Hard to say about a guy, you know, who <laughs> yeah. does some of the things he does in this movie, but I couldn't believe, given the over-the-top, grossness and extreme cringe quality of some of the comedy how Sasha Baron Cohen also to me managed to say something um, a bit complex and a bit nuanced about the American populace in 2020 so I tip my cap to the film I take it that your grade will not be as high as mine would be what is your grade for Borat's movie film my grade is a C because I do think uh, he brought some things out that that were maybe a little hard to look at. Not not the <laughs> ugly things. I don't mean the ugly things. You sure I mean, did that. Woo! Uh, What's your recommendation this week, Mom? My recommendation is a book called 
uh, Peter Rabbit visits the eyeglass factory and he learns how glasses are made. I, I read this in honor of you objecting to my Holocaust books. And it was a good read. Uh, it, very informative. Shall I stop now? Is this a real book, though? No. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mom's got some super sad book to recommend to you, and I've been complaining about how sad the recommendations are. So, all right, Mom, hit us with your downer to end the podcast. What's your okay. What's your gloomy recommendation? This is not a gloomy book. This is called The Museum of Forgotten Memories by Anstey Harris, A-N-S-T-E-Y. It's a novel set around the true-to-life Powell Cotton Museum in England. Uh, it's a very controversial museum. It is full of taxidermy. Uh, it was started at the in the 1800s uh, by a man that thought his neighbors should be exposed to life because they were never going to travel. TV didn't exist. Blah, 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 blah. And he wanted to bring the world to them. Um, so this museum really exists. And the story is not true, but it's built around this museum. Um, and it's very interesting. It was, you know, it was your typical novel, but there's a lot of interesting stuff about the museum woven through the story. So we're we reading it for the story or for the museum info? Well, I didn't even know this museum existed. It's a very good story. It's very well written. I enjoyed it, and I learned something. So there you go. A story and learning something. What could be better? <laughs> if anybody's been to the Powell Cotton Museum, I'd love to hear from you. Oh, presence. yeah. If you had, the email address to send your story to is coming right up because that's it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. The question for me is, uh, what should we talk about? <laughs> Definitely something interesting. Definitely something interesting. Okay, so you're going to want to tune in for that. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends. And we love to get email. It's popmom at ological.net. That's popmom at ological.net. Talk to us about anything. Talk to us about this crazy museum that mom mentioned. We love you. <laughs> mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. I love you too.